I'm Brett Johnson, former United States Most Wanted cyber criminal, now good guy, and host of The Brett Johnson Show. Today's episode, wait, wait, what, you thought I wasn't going to come back? Of course I'm going to come back. We were just on a bit of an extended hiatus. Today's episode, episode 50, mail theft and the postal police, whoop, whoop, with Frank Albergo when we come back. All right, so we are back to the Brett Johnson Show. Did I say back? Yeah, I said back. My listeners out there, they probably know, hey, Brett, you've not put out a show in a few months. A few months is putting it lightly. The last episode, episode 49, A CISO's Guide to Federal Prison, that was October 18th of 2022. We are right now about to enter into March of 23. So my apologies for the extended hiatus. You are absolutely owed various reasons tons of excuses and i'll get to those but today is not the show to do that we'll do this that on the next episode today's episode episode 50 is mail theft and the postal police with frank albergo mr albergo is the national president of the post officer national president of the postal police officers association he is no joke. He knows what he's talking about. He's coming on. We're going to talk about the mail theft problem and the problem that the postal police officers have with doing their job. So we're going to have him on in just a second. Uh, that being said, um, mail theft, it is an absolute scourge across our country right now. Uh, it's it's becoming to the point, I'm, I live in Birmingham, Alabama, and the main post office over in Hoover, which I use, the main post office, they actually came out with a notification saying, hey, don't use the blue drop-off boxes outside because thieves are stealing every piece of mail that's in there. And it's like that across the country. You can buy the arrow keys, the keys that open up the boxes. You can buy those on the dark web for a couple of grand, sometimes a hell of a lot cheaper than that. And let's be honest, there's a lot of valuable content that can be found in stolen mail. You can get credit cards, you can get checks. There's a lot of check fraud going on right now. There's a lot of personal information that's on there. You can do a lot of damage if you're a thief and stealing the mail. And right now, there's very little consequence whatsoever for those individuals who are stealing the mail. So when we come back, we're going to talk with Frank Albergo, the national president of the Postal Police Officers Association, when we come back. So today, my guest is Frank Albergo. He is the president of the U.S. Postal Police Officers Association. Frank, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, I just got one question for you. Is it safe for me to drop my mail in one of those blue post office boxes that sit on the corners of the streets? Well, in, in certain areas, no, it's not. Um, okay. I think overall, the mail system is safe. Right. Um, but I think there are pockets where um, mail theft is completely out of control. It's triggered by um, check fraud. Uh, you know, they're, they're robbing letter carriers on a daily basis. I mean, every day another letter carrier is robbed, but it's in certain areas. Houston, Washington, D.C., um, New York, right. uh, Chicago. So there are certain areas. Oh, Ohio, there, you know. Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Well, I mean, so I'm in Birmingham. Areas. I'm in Birmingham, but it, it's happening here in Birmingham. Right. So what, what tends to happen is it starts off slowly. Um, there's a lack of response by law enforcement. Um, it's not a. It's not because, you know, they aren't trying. It's just that, you know, 
they don't have the resources. Um, and then it just gradually gets worse and worse and worse. And, and crime is contagious. Right. So w- once the once the criminals see how, you know, basically how easy this is and how lucrative it, it is, it, it's a it's a free for all. I mean, so in Alabama, I, I don't think it's uh, that bad just yet, but it, right. it'll get there. I mean, it's just going to spread all over. It's spreading like wildfire. It's it's amazing. Well, and, and you know, so you and I are both on LinkedIn, and and I saw your post on LinkedIn talking about all the mail theft. Uh, of course, I follow David uh, Maiman. He talks about all the check fraud that's going on, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the two are absolutely interconnected there. Let me ask you this. You, you said, because I want to dive into some of this stuff, but you said that it's only happening in certain pockets right now. Why is that, that it's happening in some places like Houston, like Birmingham, like Chicago, but it's not happening in these other areas? Give it time. Um, why? I mean, you know, I'd like to blame it completely on the pullback of postal police. Uh, I, I think that's a contributing factor, but I think also um, there are other factors. I, I Why it's happening in, in these certain areas? Well, I, I'm assuming because no one was arrested so you know the word is spreading right that that you know hey this guy in houston just uh robbed a letter carrier and he's selling all all these uh checks and he's making you know a hundred thousand dollars you know every every month right on the why aren't i taking part in this so I, i think you know the i think if you look at you know the standard economic model of crime assumes criminal incentives uh are basically dependent on four factors so how you know what's the expected payoff right so mouth theft is really lucrative um what's the penalty if i get caught and right now um you know arrests are down um prosecutions are down i'm big time i mean we're talking about 49 percent uh Inspection service arrests down 49% for mail theft since 2018. Um, what are the chances of me getting caught, right? So the chances aren't aren't that great. No, they're not good. And, and then it's just attitudes towards risk. And right now, you know, I mean, you check out every box because it's just, I mean, it's just way too easy. And, you know, and then the inspection service, I mean, it's incredible announces that its postal police officers are powerless to arrest mail thieves. I mean, so they're almost incentivizing the theft and, you know, and the attacks on Medicare. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, if you can make sense of that, you know, well, no, I, I can't, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, um, unfortunately I do have some experience in that field, not on the, uh, not on the legal side. I have, um, I've done porch piracy. I've uh, popped boxes open, got the mail out things like that. And, and, from that perspective, you're absolutely right. It's extremely easy to commit that type of crime. And it's kind of like a lottery when you do something like that. You're not quite sure what type of goodies you're going to get as a criminal. You're going to get some PII. You may get some credit cards. You're looking for checks. You're looking for anything of value. And and as you know, there's a lot of value to be found in the mail. And there's not a whole lot of security to be found around the mail. You know, you've got, um, you know, I've, I've popped boxes at apartment buildings. 
Um, I've never done the blue boxes, but uh, I certainly knew where to get the keys if I wanted to. Um, so, and and you're absolutely right. The 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 consequences are simply not there. I mean, you take the mail, and you typically don't have to worry about anyone following up or arresting you. And um, you know, to your point. Telegram right now is really the wild west of cybercrime and fraud overall. I mean, most beginning and now experienced cybercriminals, they find their home on Telegram. And you can do just a keyword search of checks or check fraud, and you'll see dozens of channels pop up with checks stolen on a daily basis being sold to whoever wants to buy these things. Um, you've got bank drops that are being sold as well, so you can cash them out. So it's a very easy crime to commit what what got me was you you made the statement a second ago that postal police can't arrest these people right so i mean it's 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 incredible i mean there's you know there's a long history with postal police officers right. so we were we were established in 1971 and you know admittedly we were um meant for facility security we were protecting these large facilities. They're like miniature cities. Sure. Um, but whenever there was a spike in crime, um, you know, postal related crime, they would, the inspection service would deploy postal police officers to targeted areas. And lo and behold, it worked. I mean, you know, it's, it's not surprising that police officers deter crime. So you could point to 1974 in the semi-annual report to Congress by the Inspection Service. They mention uh, PPOs being deployed. Um, there was a 60% decrease in postal-related crime once we were deployed. In 1993, there was a, another report um, that postal police were deployed in New York, and they saw a 50% decrease in assaults on letter carriers. Um, in Washington, D.C. in the late 90s, again, there was uh, a spike in postal-related crime. We were deployed. So then in um, the mid-2000s, they uh, the inspection service decided, well, it's kind of silly having all these police officers guarding entrances, mail, uh, you know, employee entrances and truck entrances at these large facilities. We could, we could bring in security and then we could increase the mobility of postal police officers so and that's exactly what they did they you know they even had a cool name the postal police transformation initiative okay and we we were out in the streets and you know we, we were doing our jobs <laughs> then what happened was we wanted more money obviously Obviously, because so, you're doing more work. <laughs> right. So we're doing more police work. We're out in the streets. We're making arrests. So, um, you know, the way wages are set with the Postal Service, um, it's based on the uh, private sector. So, you know, if you're a, a letter carrier, that's not much of a problem. You know, there's UPS drivers, there's FedEx drivers. Um, but for police officers, it's difficult. I mean, where are these private sector police officers? Well, tr uh, railroads have private sector police officers of some universities. So we were comparing ourselves with um, those police officers and the Postal Service was comparing us to uh, armed security guards. Ah. And what happened was an arbitrator said, well, they're obviously police officers, you know, based on carry protection patrols, mail theft prevention patrols, you know, these off 
property uh, functions. And he gave us a uh, grade increase. The arbitrator okay, gave us a grade increase. It wasn't that much money, it was $1,700. I mean, we're not talking, you know, we're not rich now. Um, <laughs> and the Postal Service responded by saying, well, then you're not doing those functions anymore. Oh, so they reinterpreted the law. So if you ask the Postal Service, it's, it's you know, it's misleading. They say, well, by law, their jurisdiction, you know, the Postal Police jurisdiction is restricted to postal real property. Well, that's only true insofar as they interpret the law. They okay. can interpret the law any way they want. So it's, I mean, but right now, technically, we do not have uh, arrest authority away from postal property because the Postal Service decided to um, interpret the law that way during a mail theft epidemic. I mean, See, it's, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy, right. I mean, most law enforcement agencies would say, okay, let's uh, deploy our highly trained, specialized police force to the troubled hotspots and let's do everything we can to stop this. And the um, inspection service has actually done the opposite. And, and then they went so far to say, well, you know, postal police officers can't uh, stop mail theft. <laughs> it's just amazing. I mean, how, how, did they, how, how did they arrive at that conclusion? It's incredible. Right. So it's boiled down to money. <laughs> as, as everything does it boils right. down to money they would rather save the money than go out there and protect the workers protect the customers that are using the mail service put the bad guys off the street everything else it's all about saving money well, that, that, i think that's that's half of the story the the other uh half of the story which, which actually does come down to money um they were going to close a lot of our field offices. Okay. So to close a field office, you have to show that, um, you know, it's it's not really cost effective to have these police officers, postal right. police officers. So if we're out in the streets stopping mail theft and protecting letter carriers, um, you can't replace us with armed guards. So what they did was they brought us back into the facilities and then hired a private contractor to make a recommendation to close 15 of our field offices based on these more restricted duties. So that was another, uh, you know, that was another part of it. I mean, right. it was just an all out attack uh, on us. So how many field offices are there right now? Right now there's 21. 21 across um, 50 states. Right. They were going, you know, in the major metropolitan areas, um, you know, New York, Newark, Right. Miami, you know, Washington, D.C., Chicago, L.A., Oakland, San Fran. Um, so they were going to close all those. And, you know, they even they thought twice about that. Even the inspection service thought twice about that. And they said, well, you know, <laughs> you know, what's the, the optics of eliminating police positions in the middle of a crime wave isn't, you know, the smartest thing to do so we're going to hold off on that i mean this is what they told us they said oh we're going to hold off on that but they didn't say they're not going to do it they just said well it's premature to make a decision at this point so this was so this is i mean this is what this is what happened i mean it's it's hard to believe and the the, the problem i have but so i don't think this was well i know you know we have a uh chief postal inspector um they reached, so I'm <laughs> get ready for this. So as we were approaching to the uh, interest arbitration, so you reach, you know, it's collective bargaining, you reach impasse, um, we can't strike. So you go to um, 
uh, interest arbitration. And so we asked them because we wanted to, you know, put it aside, you know, what's our jurisdictional authority? And they, they first said, we don't know. This is a law enforcement agency that they actually, they didn't know. They, they, they had no idea. And that led, we, we called it, you know, in the union, we called it the, uh, the jurisdictional authority conundrum that they were in this <laughs> conundrum that they didn't even know their, you know, what their uniform police officer's jurisdiction was. And no, then we, at the hearing, we don't know what you're supposed to do. Right. We don't know where you're supposed to do it. Uh, right. You know, we're going, we're going to downsize you, but hey, it don't look good to downsize you right now. So. I mean, it was, it was amazing. But the problem I have, you know, I mean, so then then they uh, the inspection service reached out to Postal Legal and Postal Legal said, oh, no, well, they don't have it. We decided they don't have it. And then in uh, the summer of 2020, they put out a, uh, a memo, basically. They did this by an internal memo and they said, OK, Postal Police can no longer be utilized to stop mail theft and to protect letter carriers. So right at the I mean, right as this right. stuff is going on. Right, right. As as the the, the spike is happening, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's I, I don't know what other reaction. I mean, you laugh or cry. I mean, I, I'm chuckling right. some too because it's insane. Right. <laughs> right. So as as crime is, you know, postal related crime is escalating. They're taking postal police officers off the streets. I mean, it's nuts. It actually is nuts. It is. It is. It is. Let me ask you something, and and. So I did this stuff when, when I popped boxes and, and I won't say pop when I stole mail. This was listen right now, 2023. This was back in, geez, 2006, 2007, 2005, 2006. We were not violent at that point in time. You know, we would just pop a box, take the mail and leave. Um, but I have seen instances recently in the news where violence has occurred when it comes to stealing the mail, that they're actually, you know, robbing these, the, the mail trucks that, that, that deliver the mail. Is that, is that actually going on right now? So, so, so to give you a little background. So what was happening in like around 2017, 2018, um, criminals were fishing mail out of uh, the blue collection box. Sure. So that's just, you know, it's just, Usually it's a rat trap and they connect the string to it and they actually go fishing for mail and they pull out letters. And, and you, you know, I mean, you got some letters, you know, you didn't get all the mail. It's time consuming. Right. Um, so the Postal Service decided, well, let's uh, make these boxes tamper proof. Let's make these blue collection boxes tamper proof. So they if you remember that it used to have that that chute that you would pull down and it was this big wide gap. Right. So they decided we'll get rid of those. We'll retrofit all the uh, blue collection boxes, which is a slot. And then there's an anti-fishing uh, device in the slot, so it's even more difficult to to pull it out. So that had um, the negative consequence of now, um, you know, because it's so lucrative stealing mail and you know selling the checks and and you know and stealing identity. So the, the criminals decided, well, you know, mailbox fishing really, you know, it's too time consuming. Now it's really hard. We're not getting much mail. So let's let's um, rob the letter carriers of these arrow keys. So it means, no, you know, it's not a secret that keys open locks. Right. So they said, uh, let's rob letter carriers. So they started sticking guns in um, a letter carrier's face and 
they rob the arrow keys. They're called arrow keys, you know, and they give access not only to the blue collection boxes, but all the cluster boxes, all the apartment panels. In the big cities, they're relay boxes. These green relay boxes um, gives access to, to those green relay boxes where there are a, a ton of mail. Um, so it actually made it worse. And so, so as, so I'm going to get this. So as they are, um, hardening these blue collection boxes, they're also taking postal police off the street. So that was happening concurrently. So, I mean, it was just like a perfect storm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you know, we have the opioid epidemic, right? So. So, and that played a big part also because, you know, the inspection service only has, you know, a certain number of postal inspectors and Congress was really pressuring the inspection service to, um, you know, get these, uh, you know, fentanyl out of the mail stream. So the inspection service was pivoting towards, you know, narcotics interdiction. So that, I mean, that led to you know fewer mail theft arrests. I mean, if you look at their narcotics arrests, it's you know, it's you know, it's way up, right? Um, you know, and postal inspectors, you know, they're great criminal investigators. Um, they'd much prefer you know investigating mail mail fraud, narcotics, um, because it's more interesting. Right. I mean, sitting on a blue collection box. You know, waiting for you know some kid to come by to uh, you know open it up with the key, you know, isn't really that interesting. You know, postal police would love to be doing that, right? But um, a postal inspector, it's kind of a waste of their time. I mean, it's kind of like having an FBI agent, uh, you know, giving out parking tickets. I mean, it's just, or maybe you know, sitting there with a radar gun, uh, giving out speeding tickets. It, it it just didn't make it doesn't make sense. So that so that's what happened. So you have so you had the inspection service pivoting from um, mail theft and you know the protection of letter carriers, protection of the mail, pivoting to narcotics. You had the hardening of the blue collection boxes. You had uh, you know Telegram, mm -hmm. which now there's like this loose network of criminals where they you know I mean it's not it's not a conspiracy you know it's right. just it catches on and it's you know and it's evolved. So they they're figuring out better ways to do this just by trial and error, like you know evolution, and so it's that's I mean it's completely spiraled out of control. I mean it's 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 frustrating from our perspective because you know we know we could do the job I mean, we have done no the I job. know you can I, I absolutely right. know you can and and I got to be honest I mean catching people who send fentanyl through the mail is not rocket science. It's right. really not, um, you know, they, they've got to have it delivered someplace. And they've got to order it from someplace. And then it comes through the mail system. It's not rockets. Right. It's not a difficult catch to do that. It's catching somebody out of blue box, though. It may take a little bit more police work to do something like that. And as you say, the 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 news is not nearly as big compared to a fentanyl case. You know, you've got right. a couple ounces of fentanyl could kill a few thousand people. So that's big in the news. Meanwhile, somebody's stealing checks out of a box. Not as big. So that's that's unfortunate. Let me. Um, do you think that the people that are in charge care about the mail theft that's going on? Yeah, uh, yes, they do. I mean, the the the. Well, you know, <laughs> the postal <laughs> service. <laughs> the postal service, because it's so huge and it's so um, car, uh, 
there's different departments. Mm -hmm. And so you have labor relations, you know, does labor relations really care about mouth theft? No, they care right. about you know, suppressing wages. Um, the, inspe the inspection service obviously cares about mouth theft, but they have limited resources. You know, the, 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 the thing I don't understand is, so if the postal service, you know, came up with this brilliant idea that postal police can no longer, you know, arrest mail thieves, why didn't the inspection service push back a little bit? I agree. I mean, why, why didn't they say, well, you know, we, we need to use them. And in, in fact, so the way these, the way the inspection service is, um, situated, it, there's divisions and each division is, um, run by what's called an inspector in charge, an INC. So those are the people on the ground, right? Those are the people who, who are running, you know, local operations, right? Those INCs want PPOs. I mean, this is well, this is, you know, the, the inspection services, uh, legal counsel has said this. Yes. And INCs want to use PPOs. They know we're effective, um, but they can't. So, so you would think that the leadership in DC would say, well, you know, since, since the people on the ground want to use postal police officers, it might be a good idea to actually listen to them and allow the INCs to use PPOs. Right. But it just hasn't happened. And this is, you know, now it's going on, you know, nearly three years. So, and, and it's, it's not know, slowing down. I mean, the, the mail theft so is absolutely worse, not slowing right. down. It's getting worse and worse. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, and it's, it's just, it's like, it's just the government, you know, I mean, they just can't get out of their own way. Right. I mean, what, what, I mean, they literally said to Congress during a, a field hearing, during a congressional field hearing, that um, even if the even if the jurisdictional authority of postal police officers were um, restored, we still we we still won't use them. Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> really? yeah. I mean, really. You know, why, you can give not? them back the jurisdiction. You can give them back all the power. Right. We, we ain't going to use them. And then they said, which is amazing, I mean, they can't, you know, they, they can't get their story straight. Then they said, well, the reason is because if we take them out of the facilities, the facilities would be at risk. But those are the same facilities that you already slotted for elimination, right? <laughs> if you remember what I said, they, so that doesn't make any sense. So they, they like, they're, they're, whatever they say is incoherent, you know, and it's interesting. They don't necessarily lie. So what they do is they just provide misleading information. They, um, right. So they think um, not being caught in a lie is the same as telling the truth, and it's not. Um, so they'll say like, "Oh, uh, postal police officers, um, their compliments haven't changed." Well, there's the onboard compliment and there's the authorized compliment. The authorized compliment hasn't changed. That's true, but the number of PPOs that actually exist has drastically changed it's down nearly a third since the beginning of fiscal year 2020 so so give me the numbers give me the numbers about what they were compared to what they are now so um well back in the 70s there were 2700 of us okay then they went through you know this um transformation plan and there was about 800 of us um and now there's there's maybe 420 and that includes, you know, bargaining unit PPOs, so rank and rank and file uh, postal police officers. And then there are about 
80 or so, you know, sergeants, lieutenants, captains. So altogether is about 425, I'd say. Okay. Which, I mean, which is not a lot, obviously. No, I mean, it's not a lot. And, and you know, so, so, and I wanted you to tell those numbers because there, there seems to be a disconnect between the populace, the, you know, the public that's out there and their perception of law enforcement and the actual troops that are on the ground. You know, the, the numbers uh, almost across the board, but it's even worse with the postal police officers. Law enforcement numbers are not very high. You know, we, it's not like we're, we're a police nation, as some people like to say. I mean, you've got 425 postal police officers. That's not a whole hell of a lot. And it's not really a whole hell of a lot of money. As you said, you guys are not rich. Right. <laughs> so, it's, well, uh, so, I mean, if you look at policing in every other country in, in Europe, you normally would have more police officers than prisoners. Right. That, that's the way it works. Um, it's, you know, more cost effective to prevent crime. Um, but America is different. We actually have more prisoners than police officers. So it seems like, you know, we have a broken model of, of policing and law enforcement where we actually allow the crime to happen. And then we arrest people, throw them in jail, uh, you know, destroy their families, destroy right. the community. It, it's just a, a broken, it's a broken model. Um, you know, you know, a lot of crime is crime, crime of opportunity. I mean, if there are police out in the street, you know, it, it just won't happen. I mean, you're and this right. is, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that's, you know, like earth shattering. I mean, right. every, you know, pretty common sense. Um, but in the inspection service, if you look at their mission statement, you know, it's to protect the postal service, the infrastructure, um, you know, employees, the public trust in the mail. Um, it's not necessarily investigations and they right now have about 1250 postal inspectors and basically 425 postal police officers. It's, right. it's backwards. I mean, they should have more, you know, obviously I'm the, the president of the union, so I'm, I'm saying this, but I mean, just look at most police departments with a protective function with a you know, crime prevention function. They have more uniformed police right. and the inspection service it's the opposite. It's it's backwards. N not only that, the the inspection service is not the lead on mail theft. I'm excuse me. Is not the lead on mail fraud. That's the FBI. It's not the lead on identity theft. That's uh, the Secret Service. They're not the lead on um, uh, narcotics. That's the DEA. So what are they the lead on? Well, mail theft and protecting employees. Right. And, and that right now is on the back burner. I mean, you know, they're making right now they're reacting. But if you if you see how they're reacting, it's they're relying on local police to to you know they they call it the force multiplier that they're going to you know partner with local police. Well, local police, you know, and you mentioned this, they're short staffed. So I mean, they have other things to worry about than mail theft. That's exactly right. Right. So I mean, so. I mean, if you look at a story out of Chicago, I mean, it's really incredible. A story out of Chicago, they have um, male thieves renting U-Haul trucks. I mean, you're not you're not scared of being chased if you have a you know if your getaway vehicle is a U-Haul truck. <laughs> um, they're wearing uh, the other one that was funny is there. There's a guy who's wearing fuzzy slippers and red pajamas. I saw that. <laughs> right, he's robbing he's robbing letter carriers in his slippers. I mean, he rolls out of bed says to himself, you know, I haven't robbed a letter carry in like two days. I need a Let check. 
Right, let me <laughs> let me go. You know, I was, he puts on his slippers. I mean, it's incredible. They're not scared. They're riding bicycles. Right. They're riding scooters. I mean, it's completely out of control. It's completely out of control. And then, you know, when the media asks the inspection service, you know, well, what are you doing? Um, they, you know, it's just platitude after platitude. It's so, you know, we take this very seriously. We are partnering with our law enforcement, uh, local law enforcement. We're, we're, you know, we're doing everything we can. But, you know, and then they say in the next sentence, they say, you know, by law, the jurisdictional authority of postal police officers uh, is restricted to postal property. Well, then everything you just said was just like <laughs> wiped away because nobody's going to take that seriously. Right. Like you're not doing everything you can if you have a uniformed police force and they're sitting in postal facilities guarding buildings, not the mail or, uh, you know, postal employees. I so, agree. You know, you mentioned so, uh, <laughs> you mentioned a crime of opportunity and this, you know, just to give. Because you and I know where this is going, but but some of the listeners and viewers may not know where this is going. So I kind of wanted to walk through that. My perception, and tell me if I'm wrong, my perception. So, I, you know, I started off, you know, I was cyber criminal, um, fraudster, scammer, despicable individual. Um, did the porch piracy, went from porch piracy to to hitting apartment buildings for their boxes, things like that. Stealing mail out of people's home mailboxes, things like that as well. Uh, that's where it started for me. But what I'm seeing right now is because of things like Telegram and, and the way the Internet has evolved in those criminal spaces, I'm seeing an evolution that is, I mean, it's it's extraordinary how how sophisticated this crime is, sophisticated and not. So you think about it. Somebody goes and you said U-Hauls. Just think about the profit. I don't want people out here listening to think about the profit potential that's there. All right. So you've got a U-Haul that's full of mail that's been stolen out of the blue boxes, apartment buildings, all the little remote boxes, everything else along the way. How many credit cards are in there? A ton. Now, how much are those credit cards going for? Well, first of all, as a criminal, I know that those credit cards are valid. They're not only valid, they're local to me, which makes them even more valuable. So if a credit card has, say, a, a $5,000 available balance on that, how much can I sell that for as a criminal? I can easily, easily get three, $400 out of that. All right, that's just the cards that are there. The checks that are there, again, those checks are good checks. I know that they're good. There's government checks. There's payroll checks. There's all these other benefit checks. There's uh, uh, checks maybe for birthdays, any number of things that are out there in the mail. All right. Those checks are expected to be cashed. So how much can I sell those checks for? Maybe not as much as the credit cards, but take a check that's maybe got $5,000 on it. How much can I get out of that? Well, I can easily, easily get $100, out of that. And why would I want to sell it? Well, why, why I want to sell it is because I don't have to worry about setting up the bank account to cash it out. Now, the thing is, you think that setting up the bank account may be difficult. No, it's not because banks have not seen check fraud like that in a long time. But now they're seeing this surge of it all of a sudden. Add in remote deposit with that as well. So now you've got a bank account that's fairly easy to set up. You can deposit the check remotely so that you don't have to show your face to a teller anyplace and you immediately get access to those funds. So those checks, say $5,000, you're going to get $200 out of those, maybe a little bit more out of those, each one. That doesn't count the PII that's in that mail as well. Any type of 
personal identifying information, socials, dates of birth, any number of things like that. Maybe the uh, property transfers that are coming through, all the data that's coming through on that. Because these days, the most important, most valuable thing on the planet is information. And the mail is all about information. Now, that's just the value. Think about the network that's out there. Telegram networks criminals together. And and I'm going to let you talk in a minute, Frank. I don't mean to be. No, no, go. Talking I mean, to you here. All right. I, to be honest, I don't know much about the actual, um, like how the fraud actually okay. occurs. So, you know, I'm I'm more of an expert on mail theft. <laughs> how, how do you prevent mail theft? But this is, you know, I mean, this is all sure. true. So, so what Telegram does, Telegram networks criminals together. And to give you an idea about the numbers of criminals, we already know the law enforcement numbers are not very big. Take the FBI, for example. FBI has 37,000 field agents across 56 field offices. Of those 37,000 agents, only about 200 concentrate on cybercrime. So you've not got a whole hell of a lot of agents that are looking at cybercrime. All right. Now, on the criminal side, when I ran Shadow Crew 2004, we ended with 4,000 members. Fast forward to 2017, largest criminal network, Alpha Bay, ends with 240,000 members. Two more years later, 2019, Black Market, just a dark web marketplace, 1.15 million members, all of that pre-pandemic. What happened during the pandemic? Numbers exploded. The government had stimulus programs in place with absolutely no security in place for at least six months. Those fraud numbers exploded. Now you've got single communities that are millions of members large, all of them looking for ways to make money. And you were right, Frank. It's a crime of opportunity. You look for the easiest access that gives the largest return on the investment. And right now there's no easier access than stealing the mail because they're there's no consequence whatsoever in place. Telegram allows all of these criminals to network together. So that person that's in Houston, that's in Chicago, that's in Birmingham, that's stealing that mail, what he can do is he can open up a little Telegram channel. It takes like five minutes to do that. He can start posting pictures of the checks and the credit cards that he's stolen. Takes him another 10 minutes to do that. Puts the prices attached to him and everything else, and then people come to him. It's like a field of dreams for criminal activity. If you build it, they will come, and they are coming. Add into that, because again, we're talking about crime of opportunity. We've got an economy right now that's going to shit. A lot of people who would never commit crime are now thinking about it. So you've not only got the organized criminals that are out there, but now you've got people that, are, that have pressure on them, that are worried about how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to make the mortgage, how they're going to pay for a, a dozen eggs that are $7 a dozen right now. Right. So all that together means that these crime numbers are going to explode. Meanwhile, what's happening is the people that are in charge over at the post office <laughs> are saying, hey, you postal police officers, eh, we're going to lower you down, but we're not going to do it while everybody's looking. We're not, you don't have any jurisdiction. You don't have any control of anything whatsoever. Now, what do you think? And this is because, Frank, you know the answer to this, but for the viewers out there, what do you think? How do you think that this story ends? Does it end with the criminals just saying, ah, we're tired of this crime. We're just going to not do it anymore. No, it doesn't end with that. What it ends with is an increased number of the crime and the criminals happening and taking place. And it's going to continue until something's done. So I would ask, Frank, what the hell needs to be done? Well, uh, you know, I don't at this point, there's no silver bullet. I mean, it's 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 rampant. It's, it's completely out of control. Um, you know, I, we, we spoke about professor Maimon before, uh, he has video footage of criminals actually, you know, 
they're kind of doing like a risk analysis. They're like, well, I'm, I'm probably going to get caught. I mean, this is actually, you know, he's like, I'm going to get caught. I'm, I'm taking all the risk. Um, so you got to pay me, you know, I want $200 per check. Right. Or I want $2,000 for this, this arrow key. And, you know, I mean, so think about that. He, the criminal is actually saying, I'm probably going to go to jail, but I'm going to make so much money and it's going to be cash. And I'm going to be able to, you know, to hide it. And I'll go to jail for two years, three years, whatever it is. And I'll come out and, you know, I might go back. I mean, committing this type of crime. So it's, it's completely, it's completely out of control. But it is. And just, the, just to right. lend into that so people can understand that as well. That risk analysis is 100% accurate. It's 100% accurate. If you're making, if you're stealing $100,000 a month, stealing the mail, all right, which some of these guys are doing, they're, they're profiting $100,000 plus a month committing this mail theft, stealing checks, selling them, selling credit cards, things like that, 100K a month, all right? Now, they're not going to get caught their first month. They're probably not going to get caught their eighth or ninth month. So they're going to be in this stuff over a year. That's $1.2 million per year, per year, all right? They get caught. How much time are they going to do? They're going to do two years at a minimum institution. Why do I know that? Because I served federal time. They're going to a federal prison camp. Two years. Now, here's the thing. Of that two years, do they spend two years in prison? No, they don't. They only serve 10 months out of every 12 months. So that's 20 months they have to serve. Guess what? They don't have to serve 20 months because they also go to halfway house. They get six months halfway house time. So they get out after 14 months. And then what do they do? They continue to break the law from the halfway house. So 14 <laughs> months, 14 months, and they're paid, their paycheck is $1.2 million at least. Not is that a crime? That's not bad. Is that something that people would tend that that I would do? Yes. It's something that most criminals would do because you do that risk analysis. The consequences, if there are any, are not high enough to deter anyone from this type of crime. So so that's the first thing I, I would do. Um you need different penalties for mail theft and attacking letter carriers. Um there's a bill in Congress right now, uh Congressman Calvert out of California, he introduced a bill. So that's that's the first thing. Um, the second, obviously, you have to you have to get posted police out, out on the street, and you have to advertise it. You right. have you have to say instead of saying, "Oh, posted police can't arrest you." I mean, you have to say, "Listen, we have a police force. They they specialize in mail theft prevention and the protection of postal workers. And if you steal mail or if you uh, threaten a letter carrier." They will find you, they will arrest you, and we will prosecute you. I mean, that's and a good that, point that you make. If you don't tell people that they're there, how the hell are they going to know? If you don't tell right. people what the consequences are, how are they going to know? They're not going to know, and they're going to continue that behavior. You're absolutely right. Sure. So, I mean, that's, I mean, you also need more postal police officers. I mean, the staffing ratios of the inspection service, to me, are, you know, are backwards. Um, I'm not saying you just get rid of postal inspectors. I mean, you need postal inspectors. But at this point, you know, you need postal police, to, if not as much, more. So, right. you know, let's fix the staffing ratios um, in the inspection service. And then, you know, the arrow keys. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's a key. It's like, yeah. I don't know, you know, we're in the 21st century. There's all these electronic devices that we could use that you could track if it's stolen, that you could deactivate. 
You could actually monitor um, intrusion events at each you box. You could. Right. I mean, and so let's, you know, let's do that. I mean, but they're not doing it. You know, they, they claim. Which is crazy. I mean, and you're, you're right. I mean, you said it. I know this is the 21st century. I think we might have some tech. Right. <laughs> I mean, could fix this. So, so why aren't they? I mean, you know, it's the postal service and everything, you know, everything is, you know, it, it's glacier speed. Um, I've no, I, I know they um, have done some pilot programs, but you know whether or not they were successful. Right. Um, so I mean, all of this needs to be addressed. I, I think also they have to look at um, you know there's internal mail theft as well. So the inspection service handles external mail theft. The uh, inspector general handles internal mail theft. Right. And right now, what they have is um, you have your career postal employees. You know. Career postal employees are unlikely to, to steal mail. Right. They've because, got too much to you know, lose. They, they, they're not going to threaten, you know, they don't want to lose their pensions. Right. They're vested in the postal service, you know. But now they have a um, a non-career workforce. They have like 100,000 non-career employees who, you know, the turnover rate, I, I think it's over 30%. It's, it's, so those are the people who are stealing mail internally. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's uh, that's potentially a hundred thousand insiders, right? That and, you can rely and, on. And they're they're they like break their keys out. I mean, imagine that. So you're a criminal and you want a key. Uh, you know, can I can I take your key? Yeah, I want two hundred bucks. And they break the right. and the carry gets the key back, because, and they turn it in. So no one's the wiser, right? So I mean, so you know, we, they have to really look at. Um, you know, th this non-career workforce. I mean, is, is it really a, a great idea? I mean, there I mean, are better right. ways. Right. I mean, right. There are better ways to, to reduce labor costs than hiring, um, you know, part-time employees that require more supervision, that increase absenteeism, that uh, require more policing. I, so they, they should look at that. Well, um, and it boils down. I mean, and and I'll, I, I, I want to get to that for in, in just a second, but you know, I, I'm not sure that, again, for the listeners and the viewers, insiders right now in different verticals are eating organizations alive. Talking about mail, not just the U.S. Postal Service, but FedEx, UPS. You can go on Telegram and you see insiders that are advertised consistently about, hey, I can make sure that, you know, you order you know, that's $5,000 desktop computer. I can make sure I've got an insider at the shipping company. I can make sure that it gets lost forever so that you get to keep it and you get your money back or you get a different one or, and things like that. So you've got the insiders that are there. You've got the, you absolutely got the insiders that are with you, the USPS. You absolutely have that. And you're absolutely right. That renting the keys, that's really popular. That, and you think about it, you've got the mail carrier that's there, that insider that's there. They see every piece of mail that's coming through. How hard is it for them to just take some of it? How hard is it for them to for them to partner up with someone and say, hey, hook us up with Telegram. We're going to make a lot of money. And they do. They do make a lot of money. And and you're you're right. To me, and tell me if I'm wrong, that these these hundred thousand non-career employees, that's just an attempt to save money, but it it makes us far less secure in the long right. run. Right. I mean, I, absolutely. It's, I listen. I mean, a career a career postal employee. I'd like to see the you know that would be a good uh, inspector general audit to see you know of everyone that's being arrested, how many are um, 
career employees? How many are non-career employees? Very few career. It has to be very few. Right. I mean, you know, it also, you know, I mean, I've heard of gang members infiltrating the Postal Service just to further their narcotics uh, right. uh, business. So it's, you know, I mean, so, and then the background investigations that are done on uh, non-career employees, I mean, it's not great. So, I mean, so that's a problem. But I think generally, I, you know, for the most part, I think the, the mail theft problem is external. I, I think most of right. it is external. It's, it, but I mean, it's definitely. It's but I mean, that lends to it. It does. I, I agree right. with you that that is the, the you know ninety percent of the problem is external. It's it's the people that are on. It's the guy with the fuzzy slippers, the guys <laughs> on the scooters, or or the more organized guys that are actually they know the profit and they're renting the U-Haws because they understand. Hey, we just can't put this stuff in our little you know Honda Accord. We're going to get so much mail. We need a U-Haul for this. And think about this out there, the people that are listening. They're stealing so much mail on that daily basis that they need a U-Haul to put it in. And guess what? That's not just one guy that's going through all that mail. He's got a team of people that right. separate the mail, like in a mail room. They separate the mail for what's, you know, the spam mail, the credit cards, the checks, everything else. And they process it like that. So they've actually got processing mail rooms themselves on the criminal side to do this kind of stuff. Um, I don't think a lot of people really understand how how organized these types of crimes are right now. And the internet, Telegram specifically, helps lend to that organization. It networks these criminals together and they all work together to profit, to victimize the postal service, the customers, the employers, the government, everything else across the board. Let me ask you, the people that are listening and viewing right now, what can they do to try to get this problem fixed? Well, um, definitely, uh, you know, the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? So you just, right. you got to call your, your member of Congress and complain and just say, this is outrageous. You know, especially if you live in a, in a area where mail theft is running rampant, um, say, where are the postal police? Why aren't postal police out on the streets? Um, why, why aren't, uh, more arrests being made? Um, you know, this has to be addressed. You know, the problem, get, get ready for this. The problem is that the Postal Service is, for the most part, self-funded. Right. So Congress really has a little say over what happens in the Postal Service because they can't withhold funds. I mean, the, the carrot and stick um, doesn't work with the Postal Service as far as Congress is concerned. They're, the only way they can really influence the postal service is by passing legislation right so i mean so think about that you know article one of the constitution congress has a little say over the postal service it's amazing i mean the board of governors that's another thing you could do right the board of governors at the postal service um i mean they they could restore postal police jurisdiction right now i mean it's at their discretion so you think so, that's a better that's a better immediate idea is to write them first I think, I think, you know, yes, I think you could actually call in. They have these open sessions, uh, the board of governors, and you could call I'll, in. You can I'll have the links for, table. I'll have the links for all that at, in the show notes as well. So people can right. do that. You could, you could actually call in and say, you know, mail theft is out of control. You know, where are the postal police? What is the inspection service doing? What is the postal service doing? Why do we still use arrow keys? 
we need we need to get rid of these arrow keys. You know, I mean, the, the pro- another problem with the arrow key is that it can be counterfeit. Right. So right. Even it's if, not even difficult. If were, right. Even <laughs> if you recover the arrow keys, how many copies were made? I mean, right. so. And then you know what they what what they found is even if you replace the locks on the um, let's say blue collection boxes or the apartment panels, well then they just rob another letter carrier. I mean that's the workaround. At that's this it. Point. Because right. there's no so, consequence. I mean, right. So I mean they have to they have to upgrade it. They they. I mean it, the, the whole thing is is a mess right now. It is, and, and that, you know, it's a I, shame because the inspection service really does have a, a you know a great history of you know I mean it's, it's possibly the oldest law enforcement agency in uh, america you know you know and i'm a you know a postal inspection service employee i don't like like bashing them on the news i you know it's not what i want what i want to be doing but at this point i have no choice because i I, I want to be bureaucracy and i want to be fair too i mean with the with the postal inspectors when i was running shadow crew one of the law enforcement agencies that we worried about was the postal inspectors (laughs) i mean it was because right. you know they had a they had a name back then of being by God they were ruthless. You don't want them on your ass. That was right. the name. Well, I mean, right now if you're a you know if you're a, a drug dealer, I, I think that's true. I mean, yeah. you don't want the inspection service after you because they they're going to get you. I agree. Mail theft. I mean, which is odd because you know they have other agencies that deal with that. You know, but mail theft right now clearly nobody's really scared of the inspection service. Especially, and here's the other problem. When they announced that postal police have no jurisdiction to arrest male thieves, you know, do do criminals differentiate postal police from the inspection service at, on, on, you know, on whole? No, they don't. Wow. So they're basically saying, we can't stop you. We're not going to arrest you. So male thieves are like, wow, the inspection service, they don't, wow, great. Right. Let me let me go out in my fuzzy slippers and rob a letter carrier. I mean, I mean that's exactly what it is. That's right. exactly what it is. So, I mean, so the, the inspection service has to, they, they have to start messaging better. I mean, the, you know, this, this message that they put out that postal police can't arrest male thieves, is, 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 it's insane. It's actually insane. And they're destroying their brand. That's the other thing. The, the well, I mean, there is that. destroyed. I mean, it's, you know, the, the inspector general, it was over like, I think it was three billion that business they wouldn't realize if they weren't the postal service. I mean, how much of that has been lost? Right. Because of the mail theft epidemic. It's I mean, you know, people I mean, right now are you know, are people comfortable selling, you know, sending checks through the mail? I mean, I wouldn't be. You know, and oh, the, the two oh. the two groups who were hurt the most were the elderly and small businesses. Well, that's who sends checks through the mail. Right. So it's like they, you know, they got hit twice. I mean, you know, once by the pandemic and once by the uh, the mail theft epidemic. So it's, you know, it's just it needs to be it needs to be solved. Let me ask you, Frank, and don't uh, don't pull any punches here. Do you think that um, do you think we're going to get there or not? Uh, I don't know. You yeah, know, I don't either. Honestly, I, I, I don't either. I mean, you know, I mean, Washington D.C. is like dysfunctional, as yeah. far as I can tell. Um, you know, I mean, you know, hopefully, I, I know, I know, um, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not one of these maniacs who thinks, you know, people get into politics just for like, you know, selfish reasons. I, you know, I think most politicians are getting in, in, in 
you know, into Congress because they want to help. And, you know, as more and more people are complaining, um, as we have more and more victims, um, maybe something will be done. You know, there's going to be a GAO audit of um, the postal police officer position. You know, I'm hoping that the GAO makes some recommendations. You know, I hope I hope common sense prevails here. And, right. uh, you know, the GAO says, well, you have a, a uniform police force. You've hired them. You've equipped them. You identified them to the American public as police officers. You train them to stop mail theft. You train them to um, uh, let's use them. I mean, I, I didn't mention they gave us equipment. They gave us this is amazing. Only the government would do this. They gave <laughs> us uh, intelligence-led uh, policing equipment where we could track mail theft. We could track, um, you know, the the carrier routes that were most vulnerable to attacks and we could locate them in real time and um they were equipping our uh, law enforcement vehicles with this you know intelligence-led policing equipment and then they restricted our jurisdictional authority and i said well then why did you why did you equip us with this if we didn't have the jurisdiction which we obviously had um, i mean come on why did you why did you equip us and they actually when I, they scratched their heads and they're like hmm it's a good it's a good point so I, I can see it. So made, some guy in an office is like, yeah, give them all the equipment they need and no, don't so let them use it. Right. And then, but no, that, now they just stripped it out of the vehicles. So they took it out of the vehicles. So they spent so however much money that was. They got the budget right. for it. So they spent it and then they took it away. Right. It's amazing. Right. It's, incre it's incredible. Frank, um, just so the viewers know, I, I I started to see your post on LinkedIn, and um, I reached out to you because what I was seeing, I mean, you were you were just putting it out there. You know, you were this is happening, this is happening, and it was on, it was on a daily basis. Sometimes multiple posts a day about mail theft in different areas across the United States, and um, I don't think a lot of people really appreciate how bad of a problem this is, and. Um, you know, I saw you posting that and and you certainly understood that. And uh, I just want to thank you for the job that you're doing and that you continue to do. And, you know, I, I understand that it's uh, that it's probably a lot feels like a lot of banging your head up against the wall sometimes. Yes, but yes. Uh, uh, it's it's absolutely appreciated by not only me, but I know a ton of people that are out there that that are really thankful and grateful for you raising awareness like this. And I just want to thank you for the job that you're doing. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's I, it's just it's just very frustrating. I mean, uh, also uh, Professor Maimon from uh, GSU, he has been out there and really yes. been you know, uh, you know banging the drum on this as well. Um, it you know it's catching on. You know, the media is catching on now that you know there are more and more stories on mail theft, and they you know they mention postal police, but it's the the problem is just going to get worse. It and, is. and quite it frankly, is. it's it's spreading like wildfire. And the Postal Service is actually fanning the flames by, you know, not reacting properly. Well, by it's, saying, it, by by advertising, hey, they have no jurisdiction. They can't arrest right. you. It's, it's, it's really that. I mean, to <laughs> me, that is the most incredible part. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, you, you put that with the fact that there are fewer arrests, you know, um, that the prosecutions are down. I mean, like, what would you expect to happen? Right. But this is exactly what you would expect to happen. And they got it. You know, I mean, they certainly didn't ask for it, but they got it now. And so now they have to deal with it and they're not reacting quick enough. 
They're um, not. They're not. When I was, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like to, uh, I don't really like to talk a lot about my criminal past because I don't want people to think I'm bragging about it. But uh, to give people an idea about how long it takes the government to react to fraud, um, I'm the guy that um, created this thing called tax return identity theft. You know, stealing, uh, filing tax returns first for dead people, then stealing people's W-2s, filing returns. Now, I started that crime back in 2002, 2003. The IRS did not really put any effective mitigation practices into place, any security in place. They didn't really do anything about that until 2011. That's when criminals first started to notice that something was being done. All right. Um, and and right now we're, we're, we're right in the infancy of this mail theft that's going on. And I just pray to God that it's not going to take nine years for them to do something effective against that. I mean, the other, the other problem it's, you know, I mean, the postal service is a, you know, a, an American institution. You know, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, the January 6th attack. What happens when you don't protect American institutions? I mean, the, you know, it's, it's a disaster. Um, people vote by mail. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that um, mail theft, like, calls into question the, the integrity of an election. Right. I personally don't think that, but will Americans think that? Sure they will. I'm sure they will, right? I mean, they'll actually say, oh, you know, this is a fraud. The election is is nonsense. I mean, do we really want that? Uh, no, of course not. So like, let's, you know, let's, let's fix this. You know, it's just, it's frustrating because, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't act, they don't react quick enough. The, the inspection service has not only not reacted quick enough, their reaction has been like completely wrong. I mean, completely right. wrong. I mean, you, you're pulling postal police off the street during a mail theft epidemic. I mean, just that sentence alone says there's something wrong, right? That obviously there's something wrong and something needs to be corrected. I agree. Frank Albergo, president of the U.S. Postal Police Officers Association. Um, my friend, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Let me ask. Let me ask you this: If anyone wants to reach out and contact you, how can they contact you? <laughs> LinkedIn. 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 That's what I was going to yeah. say too. <laughs> right. LinkedIn is my platform. I, you know, you should definitely you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, message me. It's you know, I, I'd love to hear from people. To be honest, I mean, it's it's sad. You know, it really is sad what's happening. It, it's I don't know. I I'm at a loss of words at this point. No, I agree. And Frank, um, again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.